0: we're just going to worship today we want to invite you if you can if you're able to stand with us and just lift up the name of
1: Um, Welcome to River Rock Church of Nazarene. So excited to see everyone here this morning. Um, We have a couple of announcements to go through. First, um, there have been a few prayer requests, and I just want to kind of get those out, that there's there's things happening in the church for um, folks around you. So um, as far as announcing all of them what they are, I wasn't sure kind of where we wanted to be um, as far as privacy and stuff. So uh, I would just encourage you to ask some questions of your neighbors, right? There's things going on in people's lives, and it's important for us to take the time to get past the how you doing okay, right? It's pretty standard. And how you really doing? What's going on in your life? What's weighing on your heart, right? The questions to push past that and be a family together. So I'm just gonna encourage you to do that as we have time today and um, you're next to your neighbors to, to break through and, and have a real conversation. So um, with that, I also wanted to throw in, um, the where the pastor search is so uh, i'll just let everybody know we did get an initial round of resumes and we're going through that process so um, progress is happening so i just i wanted you all to know where we were with that Um, we went through those resumes and we actually sent back a few to the district superintendent and said we'd like to talk to these people and see where it goes so we won't uh, be talking about names or anything now there's a lot of privacy involved you know as the pastors are. Feeling the call, and they're putting their name out there. We don't want to um, violate that privacy, so we're gonna be quiet as a board on who um, for a little while. But ideally, what we'll do is go through and come back with a name and and bring that person in and introduce them to you. So it'll take a little bit. We want to do a few um, a few uh, interviews just to make sure we know who we're talking to, and um, yeah. So that's that's the process. But I wanted to let you know because that's exciting. That is huge update and um, please pray for the board because uh, you know in this search that's when it became real as this is a huge responsibility right who's going to be the person that continues to lead this uh, family and uh, continues to help us grow and reach the community we've all said pretty clearly that's what we want we want to continue to impact the community around us to reach out to new people new believers um, bring them in and be, be their family right so that's a big responsibility, we want to find somebody that's going to help us do that, so that's where we are with that, I wanted to make sure you knew that and then for those of you online, if you didn't see the message earlier, we did a big update to the internet Um, what, was that Wednesday? Thursday? This week Um, and uh, because of that, I'm hoping that the online feed is way better um, for our online church that isn't able to come in for various reasons we want to make sure they feel like they're included and last week's service did not let them feel that way so we know kind of some of the challenges that happen and I'm just throwing it out there we, we recognize that it's important to us so uh, we did some changes spent some time this week trying to fine-tune that so uh, if you're online and you're listening to this let us know if it's better right we want to hear from you uh, we also want to know what's up in your life it's tougher to ask you how things are going so that means it's up to you to post that so if you're online let us know um, that's what we have so Lot of lot of good things. New Year, excitement. I hope you're excited about where things are headed. I hope you have things that you're looking forward to. And uh if you're not sure what you're up to this year, come find me. I will help you find something to do. So (laughs) happily.
2: All right. All right. Amen. Well, if you're comfortable standing today during worship, please do so. Again, um worship just comes from the depths of our hearts, amen. Sometimes it feels good to stand and worship, but we know that worship happens from within, within out. Thank you, Jesus, for today, God. We just thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, I pray that this worship time just brings you glory, God, brings us closer to, to your voice today, Lord. I just ask for your anointing, God, as we lead, and also just over your word today, God, as, as Bryce brings us your word we love you, Jesus, and we thank you for just the encouragement that you're going to bring to our hearts, God, throughout the next few weeks as we look forward to this, this year, Lord, and um, may your hope just be renewed and restored, not just within our hearts, but with everyone that we come in contact with, with our community, God, with those that are are watching online, Jesus, and, and just truly uh, wherever your voice is heard, Jesus, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, that you will be glorified, you will be honored, and you will just continue to draw us closer to you, God. May we be still in your presence today, Lord, and open our ears and our hearts to hear your word. Amen.
3: Today, God, you are good, you are good. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelt among men my example is here the word became flesh and the light shined among us his glory revealed living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried My my sins far away rising he just Freely forever One day he's coming Oh glorious day Glorious day One day they led him Up Calvary's mouth one day they nailed him To die on a tree Suffering and anguish Despised and rejected Bearing our sins My Redeemer is he The hand that healed nations stretched out on a tree Took the nails for me Living he loved He saved me, buried he carried my sin far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death, he had conquered. Now is ascended, my Lord, evermore. Death could not hold him, grave could not keep him.
0: You're the only hope among the chaos. You are the voice that calls me on. Louder than every light, my sword in every fight. The truth will chase away the night. Your name is power over darkness. before the broad Darkness, light arise and heavens open. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, you scatter darkness, light arise and heavens open. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church
3: awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. Your
0: name is power over darkness. Freedom for the captives mercy for the broken and the hopeless your name is faithful in the battle glory, glory. in the struggle mighty it won't let us down oh us. Your, your name, name is name is
3: power.
0: Yes, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that your name is power, that your name heals, that your name sets free, that your name forgives, that your name cleanses, God, Lord, that as you are the center of our life, God that things can change around us, God, because of the work that you have for us, God, the work that you want to do in us, the the heart change, God, the the attitude change, the perspective change, God, that you want to do in us, Lord. And Lord, we just pray today that you would be the center of our lives. I just want to encourage every person here. Maybe maybe you're newer... To the faith. Maybe you're listening online, and you you've never had a relationship with Jesus. I just want to encourage you today. What worship really is, is attributing worth to the one who is worthy of it all. Attributing worth to Jesus. And what happens? You guys have all probably experienced that that time in your life where somebody says something about you that is that is positive, and it and it maybe takes you out of a place of struggle and 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 despair. In what worship does is it gets our eyes on the right thing. We talked a couple of weeks ago about what are we magnifying. And so I just, throughout Scripture, there are places where it says that we, we can worship God from the, with the lifting of our hands. We can worship God with the clapping of our hands. We can worship God kneeled before him. We, but what it is, is it's just an open heart and an open attitude to say, God, you are worthy of it all. I want you to be the center of my life because when you're the center of my life, it forces those things that aren't from you out. It forces them further away from me, God, and that I can just, it doesn't remove them, God, all the time, but what it does do is it allows me to focus on you and put my trust in you to see me through those situations and those circumstances. So I just want to encourage you, if worship is a foreign thing to you today, as we sing this last song and we pray that Jesus would be the center of it all, that you would just ask God. That you would just open with open hands and open heart just ask God. Lord, I want you to be the center of my life. So that his voice is the loudest thing in our lives. That's speaking truth and hope and encouragement and healing into our situation.
3: Nothing in this world will do Jesus, you're the center Everything revolves around you Jesus, you Jesus, be the center of my life Jesus be the center of my life. That's a prayer, Lord. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, from my heart, from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. It's all about you, it's all about you, yes, it's all about you, it's all about you. Jesus, be the center of your church. Jesus, be the center of your church. And every knee will bow, and every tongue shall confess you, Jesus. Jesus shall confess you, Jesus. The mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah. The mighty name of Jesus. The healing name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The hopeful name of Jesus. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, your center, everything revolves around you, Jesus, you, Jesus at the center of it all, Jesus at the center of it all, from beginning to the end it will always be it's always been you jesus jesus it's all about you jesus jesus
4: Father, it is all about you. You stand at the center in the middle of all the things that are going on in our lives, in our community, in our world. And there you hold it all together. Even when we don't see it, you're in control. Even when we can't understand it, you write a story story is good even if the parts that we find ourselves in um, are difficult and hard and challenging sometimes. Father, we turn our hearts toward you. We ask that today you would speak to us through your word, that you would guide us, that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us. Um, And above all, that we would come to know you, know you more. Amen. feel lost coming up on the stage from this side because I'm like, guys, I need a music stand. I know there's one right behind me, too, so it's not their fault at all. I just was too lazy to get up here soon enough to set it up. What's that? Oh, all right. Well, you see, that's why. I I knew that I was supposed to be over there for some reason. I just didn't know why. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. If you couldn't hear, I have to be over here for the video for um, people that are watching online, so... Give me just a second, you guys. Remind me, and I'll put it back down for you, Ambuka, after I'm done, all right? <laughs> oh, man. Happy 2021, guys. We made it. I was just thinking as we were singing that song about Jesus being the center and how, like, in my mind, right, like, we get to 2021, and now, like, everything's all better. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's probably the correct response to that comment, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's not how it works, right? There's not like a magic endpoint that we get to decide or that like we set ourselves on. Things are gonna change for us at this point. Um, But God does hold it all together. One of my favorite verses in all, all all scripture is in Colossians, right? And it says, "In Christ, all things hold together. All things." not just the things that we feel good about or the things that we feel like fit. All things hold together in Christ. That's always an encouragement and a challenge to me at the same time. Um, it does have a little bit to do with what I'm talking about today, but not a lot. So um, I, so we did like our little Christmas devotional thing leading up, or Advent devotional, devotional thing with um, our daughter leading up to Christmas. And then after that, we jumped back into like the beginning of the Bible, which makes sense, right? Um, so, we were trying out a new kid's Bible, and we read the story about, like, the tree and the knowledge of good and evil, and um, Adam and Eve eat the fruit, and then they get kicked out of the garden, right? And as I'm reading this story, Lisa's, like, cuddled up to me, and my daughter, Adelise, um, and she, you can just see her wheels, like, trying to turn and understand, wait, what's going on? They, so there's a tree, and there's a snake, and. Um, they eat fruit, and then they get kicked out, and that's bad. And she just, like, she couldn't wrap her head around it. And as I'm watching her, I'm thinking, yeah. Um, if laughing is the right response to saying that it's 2021 and everything's okay now, like, this churning and this thinking about what the heck is going on in this story is the right response to this story, right? Um, and I know that a lot of us have, like, the right answers, and we've listened to people tell us exactly what's going on. Um, but I really think that there's some stories in Scripture that are meant to leave us With more questions than answers and I think this is one of them um, So if God Is a good father if God is a parent and His kids disobey him on this one thing and then like he just kicks him out of the garden He gives them like this completely All right, so I work in the mental health field. If someone flies off the handle about like a relatively small thing, we tend to say, okay, there's gotta be something else going on, right? Because that is a response that's completely out of proportion to whatever the immediate cause was, right? So you tell someone, "Um, hey, I think that you did all these things great. Um, There's this one thing that could have gone better today. And they completely lose it, right? Okay, there's something else going on. It's not just you that's causing or that feedback that's causing them to lose it. Um, And it almost feels like that in the Bible, um, in this story, that God is overreacting. Is that a lightning? No? Okay. Um, Is that okay to say? I don't know. So I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about the story in 2021 and new beginnings and it feels like a good time to revisit Genesis. So I thought that we'd take a look at the Genesis story and the story of creation. Um, and I want to do it. There's like this it's incredibly rich story. So I want to kind of limit our focus today to what does it mean to be human in this story? And along the way, I'm not gonna say that we're gonna get all the answers to these questions I'm talking about, but maybe we'll get a little perspective on what's going on in um, this story in Genesis 3 and a little bit forward we'll go. So three questions that I want to ask. What are we meant for? What went wrong? And then what's the remedy? So let's start with what are we meant for? I'm just gonna wait for the slides here. I made a lot of slides today, so there's going to be a lot of just like clicking through them. I apologize. Um, so Genesis 1:26, and if you guys don't know the story, I really encourage you go read. We're going to look at Genesis like 1 through 4 today. Read the whole thing. For the sake of time this morning, I'm not going to read four chapters, and we're just going to pull out some of the verses that are most relevant to what we're talking about. Okay? So in Genesis 1:26, God, after he's made like everything else, he says, "Let us make mankind in our image." in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, and the birds in the sky, and the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so here immediately we see, um, as we're wrestling with this question of what does it mean to be human, it means to be created in God's image. Um, the Hebrew word, if you're into that sort of thing, it's Selem. Um, selim, not just Selem, Selim. selim. Anyway, it's the same word for idol. Um, so it's like an idol was this little image of a god, right? Um, people are these images of the living God. And that's something, of course, that the Hebrew people, as they're um, reading this over and over again, they would immediately understand that because their context was full of people who worshipped idols, who worshipped solims. Um So that's just kind of a freebie. Um, I, wanna, I want us to hang on to this question, though, of what does that mean that we're created in God's image? Um, there's been so much, like libraries have been written about it and people don't agree, okay? So if someone comes up and tells you that they have the one definitive answer, you can smile at them and say, I'm sure you do. Um, but there's a lot of different theories and we won't get into all of it, but it means something that we're created in God's image. Let's just hang on to that for a second. The second thing we see is that people are made to take on some sort of rulership over creation. As we move forward in the story, we're going to flesh that out a little bit of what does that look like, what does that mean. Um, Specifically here, it's talking about um, not just the livestock, which would make sense, right, but the wild animals, the creatures that move along the ground, even the fish in the sea. if you want to nerd out, you can talk, about, talk to me about that later, but we're going to leave it there for now. Um, so if we move forward then to Genesis one twenty eight, says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. So here we see that people are supposed to be fruitful. They're supposed to be generative, they're supposed to reproduce. And we see that people are supposed to subdue or to rule over the world. Um, The idea here is they're supposed to bring into order that which is in chaos. And it's interesting, when I think of um, the creation story, I'm like, so God made it and everything was perfect and nothing ever needed to change. And as I've been looking at this over the last couple of days, that's not the story that we're given. Um, people are supposed to do things. People are supposed to change things even before sin comes into the equation. That's interesting to me. Um, we're going to keep moving forward though. Genesis 2.15. So. Um, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So there's two creation stories. We've been looking at Genesis one so far. Um, It's like the gospels. There's four gospels, right? And they're showing things from different perspectives. There's two creation stories. They show things from different perspectives. Um, The first story talks about um, people being created male and female, and it's kind of all at once. Um, In the second story, Adam, the man is created first. And then as we go forward, Eve is created. So at this point, only the man has been created. That's why it's written the way it is. Um, so the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So part of what it means to be human here is to care for Eden. And again, it's not like God just created things and left them and they were supposed to like be the same forever. No, God created things. He put his image in it and his image was supposed to be operative. His image was supposed to be working. We were supposed to be caring for his creation. Jump forward a couple more verses, Genesis 2, 19. So now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So last week, got to talk a little bit about how Hagar named God. And so when you name something, I hope you, I'll, I'll just use my daughter again because um, she's two and she's great and I love her. Um, so she like names her toys and her stuffed animals, right? And she doesn't just sit down and go with whatever is the first thing that pops into her mind. She sits down and she like Thinks about it and she names it and then she like renames it something else because that doesn't quite fit, right? Um, As we're naming, it's not just slapping a label on, it's really paying attention to something and trying to capture a little bit of the essence of what's going on there and then putting language to that, um, calling that out, making it visible or more obvious, right? Um, And so part of what it means to be human in Genesis is this really attending and paying attention and naming, um, in this case, the creatures. We'll go forward again, Genesis 2, 22 to 24. So then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And so we see, and I think we all sense this, um, sometimes quite acutely in our lives, that part of what it means to be human um, is to experience intimacy, one fleshness. And so as we put it all together, What are we meant for in the creation story? Well, we're meant to bear the image of God. We're meant to be fruitful and to multiply. We're meant to rule over and bring order to the natural world. We're meant to nurture and care for the garden. We're meant to name the creatures. And we're meant to share intimacy. If you read the story really closely, you might be able to grab a couple other things out of there, but I think that's a pretty good start, a pretty good list um, for us to move forward with. So, for the moment, that's going to be our answer to what are we meant for. Let's move forward and say and look at what went wrong. And so, in Genesis 2, we see that God has given this command. To humanity, um, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Again, this, this seems like a lot for eating some fruit, but let's, let's stick with it. Let's see where we end up. Um, so if we jump forward to Genesis 3, now the snake is talking to Eve, and the snake says, God knows... The snake is trying to convince Eve, right, to eat the fruit. Um, the snake says, God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. All right, pause for a second. We go back to the Genesis 1 story. You remember at the end of all the days, it always says, and God saw that it was good. There was morning and there was evening, the whatever day, right? And Then we get to the end of the sixth day, and it says, and God saw that it was very good, And so, God has this knowledge of good, and then we don't see it illustrated so much in Genesis 1, but the other side of that would be this knowledge of evil, right? And the way that knowledge works is he says, this is the way it's going to be, and it's good. And so, I think when the snake is telling Eve, um, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil, What's going on there is not just like a knowledge, right? A head knowledge that gets stuck inside your head, but it's a knowledge that um, goes out and makes a difference and changes things. Does that make sense? That as God proclaims, this is how things are, that that changes things. And so the knowledge of God actually can change the way things are, right? And so... What the snake maybe is tempting Eve with is saying, you will be so powerful that you will be able to perceive and in that perception change the way that things work. You want that, right? So what does that look like? I'm going to pick on it because it's the easy thing. Just think about our um, political climate today, right? We have the power to perceive who is right and who is wrong, who is good and who is evil. And in that perceiving, as we take that forward into our communities, we shape the way that things work. And each one of us has so much power. Yeah, in different degrees. Some of us have more influence than others. Some of us are, um, have access to more people, but there is a very real power there that we carry to shape what happens and how things work, right? It's not limited to just politics. That's just the easy one, right? But that would be one way that that might look. All right, let's keep going. So when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and also pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Notice the first place that that knowledge of good and evil becomes like really the rubber hits the road with it, right? It's not with the creatures. It's not with um, anything else. It's in themselves. Adam and Eve look at themselves and they recognize that something doesn't seem right. and So they slap that label on themselves. Not right. Evil. I, I would guess that the same is true of us, right? That as much as, yes, we go and we have our judgments about people and things around us, that many if not most of us carry within us this sense of there's something so deeply broken inside of me it's not right it's evil and what i'm suggesting to you is that that power to label yourself in that way that's comes from sin which maybe doesn't help. Now we're just going down the rabbit hole, right? So now I think I'm evil, but I'm evil because I think I'm evil. So Bryce, where do we go from here? All right, well, now we're going somewhere anyway, so that's good. Um, Let's see here. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Yep. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. Here's the great irony, right? Just the previous two chapters ago, um, God had said, it's very good. Looked right at Adam and Eve. Very good. And now... The only thing that's changed is they ate this fruit at this point, right? Um, Adam and Eve are saying, I'm something so wrong, I can't even be around you. I I was naked, so I hid. I wonder. I don't wonder, I know when God looks at you, very good, right? And that's not, not in a way that like dismisses all the things that are wrong because yes, we're broken, we're wrong. I'm not saying that, but even in the midst of that brokenness, very good. If you, I'm just gonna go off slides for a little bit. Um, if you jump forward in scripture, So God eventually gets, like, so fed up with the world that there's this whole flood thing that happens, right? Um, And he destroys most of creation. And it's like, this is going to fix it, right? And then, of course, Noah and his family, like, they come through, and and we have the whole ark thing. After Noah and his family come through, right away, if you guys read the stories, like, sin's right there, Right? It's, it's not that Noah and his family really were not sinful people. They were. Um, so we've got, you guys can read the stories, so but we're not going to go too far down the rabbit hole. Look at like um, Genesis 6 through 10-ish, right? But the point I want to make is that in the midst of that, even as God sees that, he puts this rainbow in the sky. Now, the Hebrew word for bow It's just like our word for bow. An archer's bow and a rainbow are the same thing. So God hangs his war bow in the sky. And he says, no, this isn't the way that I'm going to relate to creation. I'm going to relate to people. It's not through judgment, um, but I'm going to begin to work out a way for redemption. and If you notice a rainbow, if you were to shoot an arrow off a bull like that, which way is the arrow going to go? Right? So this is part of the picture um, that we're meant to get from this. And so even after things get so bad that like every, scripture says it this way, every inclination of their hearts was to evil god still pulls noah and his family through that and after that his stamp on the world is worth saving worth redeeming there is still something that god says is very good right all right so we're going to keep going um Genesis 4, so now under the story of Cain and Abel, Abel, excuse me, also the story of Cain and Abel, that's true too. Um, So it says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions of some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Okay, time out for a second. Um, If you guys go back to Genesis 1, it says that God gave um, people plants and fruit for food. At this point, God does not give people animals for food. By the way, that happens again after the flood. And so this is just something that's bothered me for a long time. And I know that there's some echoes of like Jesus and lambs and all that. um, But man, I put myself in Cain's shoes And I kind of get it on one level. Like, hey, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's working the earth, he's growing plants, he's doing the vegetable thing, he's a gardener. um, And so he brings his offering to God. And then Abel's doing this thing with sheep, which I don't know, seems to maybe not be quite the same. But I don't see like any go keep sheep and, you know, kill them when you need food or clothes or whatever. But he brings a sheep he kills it he offers it to god and god prefers abel's offering and he rejects cain's offering that's just one of my unanswered questions if you guys have an answer you can come talk to me later um, but notice what cain does is instead of taking this and being like okay so god is rejecting this offering and there's something going on and i don't know and being like my daughter Lise and sitting down and being like okay well, i don't understand this what do we do right Um, He immediately takes that, and he takes it as God's rejecting him, not just his offering. And he judges himself then based on what he feels like is God's feedback um, through his offering, and he stamps himself, right? Evil. Let's keep going. So then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So God tells Cain, we're still in the middle of this. You can still make decisions. I'm not saying that you're evil. I'm just saying that I like Abel's offering better, right? Um, Cain can't hear it. So we go forward and then Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they're in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. So Cain gets himself tied up in knots. And he says, I'm unlovable, I'm worthless, I'm evil. And ironically, he kills his brother. But notice his judgment of himself came first, right? The behavior came after. So what went wrong? We chose the knowledge of good and evil over the knowledge of God, creation, and one another, right? When we know good and evil, so we go around stamping things. When we really know one another, when we know God, when we know creation, that's where, um, remember this idea of naming, right? We're spending time, we're um, really getting to know the nuances of what's going on. Um, I have a, so my job is working with parents who have lost custody of their kids through the state, and they're like working their treatment plans and all that, right? Um, So I've got this, Um, dad that I work with and he had done wound up in jail um, and he was talking to me about how he's been growing as a parent about he used to think just when a kid doesn't do something that you want a kid to do like okay then you have to address that if a kid does what you want to do then good kid and that was it that was the end of it I mean he's been learning that as kids go through life, like, they experience things and their behavior in the moment isn't always just about that moment. It might be about what happened, you know, two days ago. And so he was reflecting on this and he was reflecting on his time in jail and how he'd spent some time with some people who had done some really horrible things. Um, And he said, you know, Bryce, a year ago, like, my response to those people would have just been to fight him. And he's a big dude. He makes me look small. Like, to just beat him up. But I've been learning as I've been parenting that it's not always about just that one thing, that sometimes there's more to what's going on with these people and with myself. And he's learning to perceive that and have grace for that a little bit, or just make space for it. And he said that completely transformed his time in jail with these individuals who have done some really horrible things. And so I was thinking about that um, as I was thinking about the knowledge of good and evil versus the knowledge of God creation and one another. And what a great illustration of learning to hold off on that this is good, this is evil, right? Um, And spend some time to think about this is what's going on with this individual, right? And I think that this dad I think God's doing something in him right and as I, I won't get into any details but as I know him I, I mean we talked about the judgment that we pass on ourselves yeah right um, that's definitely a huge part of what he's going through how could it not be um, and so I hope that God's creating a space within him and a space in all of us where we can hold off on that judgment so we don't jump forward like Cain um, but instead we hold off and we say okay God this is where I'm at though this is what's going on with me meet me here right sit down with me here help me name what's going on with myself help me tell a story that um, doesn't flinch from the truth but doesn't leap into judgment right What went wrong? Well, number two, we chose to bear the judging knowledge and power of God over the creativity, responsibility, and intimacy of God. And so God can hold these things together, right? I'm going to suggest that as people we're not created to, we're not able to hold these things together in the same way. And so it does become a little bit of a one or the other, right? Are we going to be fruitful and multiply, be creative in the spaces God has given us? Are we going to take responsibility and care for Eden or whatever our realm of responsibility is? Are we going to walk in intimacy with God and with the people around us? Or are we going to take up that judging knowledge and power and begin to say, divide the world into these are the good things, these are the bad things? when really that's God's responsibility, right? Not ours. All right. So what is the remedy? So I'm going to suggest to you that the remedy is to recognize in God all those things that he calls out in us. So at every point in that we just went through in Genesis 1 and 2 where it was like people were created for this Um, well God was also created or God wasn't created God is also like that wow no lightning still (laughs) Um, and then we must receive from God the gifts that we are created to offer to one another and the world around us So let's take a look at what that might look like. So in Genesis, I'm gonna go from this side because it's easier. Um, We're called to be fruitful and multiply. In scripture, we see that God is fruitful. God loves abundance and creativity. Um, In Genesis one, he creates it all, right? Down at the very end of scripture, Revelation 21, he says, I'm making all things new, this this creativity to God. Um, it just never stops. He's always making something new. He's always doing a new thing. God calls us to rule over and bring order to the natural world. Well, God rules over and brings order to all things. We talked at the beginning about um, how in Christ all things hold together. All things hold together, right? So we can rest whatever our circumstances is, whatever, whatever we face, that in Christ, it's all held together. I know that doesn't mean it's easy. But it holds together. We are called to nurture and care for the garden or whatever area we're given, wherever our influence is. Um, Humanity is meant to nurture and care. God nurtures and cares for us and for the world around us. see that in Jesus's teaching in John 10, where he talks about how he's the good shepherd. Um, we see that in Job 39, as God just goes through all these crazy things about the natural world and says, I know I designed, right? Um, if you want to get a picture of, if you wonder if God cares about creation, go read Job 39. Um, It's a a good read. We're called to name the creatures. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, I think it's good for us to know that God names us. And it's not just slapping on a label. God knows us. He pays attention to what's going on with us. And then he names us. We're created to share intimacy. God wants that with us. God wants intimacy with us. And as we come to know God, that God looks like this and not just know it, but really experience it, right? I believe that that unlocks something within us and we're able to bear God's image in a way that we just can't until he sets us free from some of um, the sin that we carry, right? You can go to the next slide. So we must allow God to make us new and restore his image within us. I'm going to read a little bit more than just this bit but second corinthians 5 17 um, i'll go through 21 here it says it this way if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old is gone and the new is here all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that god was reconciling the world to himself in christ Um, God comes to us, right? He doesn't just leave us in the messes that we find ourselves in. Part of what he does in Jesus is he makes creation new. And he invites us into a new creation, um, a new way of being human. That's really a very old way of being human, right? Um, But it's new because the world's been very broken for a very long time. Our worlds have been very broken for a very long time. And the way God works is not that he's going to come and fix it all all at once. He says, you, as the people who bear my image, are meant to nurture and care. You, as the people who bear my image, are meant to name. You, as the people who bear my image, are meant to work are meant to rule, are meant to make things better. So just a couple questions um, to help us bring this into our own lives. First, where are you called to be fruitful? Where are you called to work to bring order and flourishing? What are you called to nurture? Who or what do you have the ability to enrich with your careful listening? And then your words. How is God inviting you to intimacy? And then is God inviting you to give up the knowledge of good and evil? Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you make all things new. We know that that is a work that you want to start in our hearts. That each morning you want to start that anew within us. So God, we just raise our hands. We say we want to be a people that is made new people that is a part of what you are doing and people that is in christ we ask that you would settle in our hearts um, that the approach that you take to us is not of slapping with labels of good and evil but it's an approach that is about knowing where we're at and calling us forward into your kingdom we ask that you would give us ears to hear that call, that you would give us feet that are able to travel that way. Father, we just thank you that you are a good God, that you are here with us. Turn our hearts toward you. Amen.
0: to the darkness You're the only right among the wrong You're the only hope among the chaos You are the voice that calls me on Louder than every light. My soul in heaven We'll chase away Thank you that there is a remedy, God. And that remedy is knowing you and trusting you and trusting that you know us. And you know our situation. And you know our circumstance, but you still love us. You still name us. You you still know us by name and you still care deeply for us, God. Thank you for that promise and that word today, God. We just pray that as we go, that you would go with us, that you would be inside of us and that this week we would have an opportunity to show your love to others in some way shape or form God we thank you for every person here every person listening online We thank you for this church and the plans you have for all of us in Jesus name amen have a great week thanks for coming